comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Previously on Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Next week we're talking summer box office, eh? Yeah, get excited. Lots of fun stuff happening this summer. Yeah, I know. Godzilla? How to Train Your Dragon 2? Godzilla? How to Train Your Dragon 2? <laughs> you just said what I said. No, you said what I said. Anyway, uh, let's hope that this summer is amazing. Agreed. You know you have popcorn in your teeth, right? I don't eat popcorn. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. In, in, introduction. We are now recording. This is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe! Hello, friends! Out Now is a film podcast. Abe and I are discussing new movies weekly. We also bring in discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films similar to the main film of the week, games, and, and other, other fun stuff. That, that was good. Yeah. This, is ep- this is episode 148, 148. Moving on up to 150. Getting there. And today, instead of discussing, I know Abe really wanted to talk about the other woman. I uh, he really was just, did. He just really, he yeah. threw it out to me. He's like Cameron Diaz, Kate Upton, yeah. Kate Upton, Leslie Mann. They're his shiznit. That's how. That's the word he used. I never okay. used that word ever. And, but I, I told him no because we have to do this. Our very special third annual summer movie gamble, which is of course one of the most fun things I think we do on this podcast. We where we have. One of the most competitive. We have friends of our of the show come in with us to go over what we think will be the top ten biggest domestic grossing films of the summer, and a lot of a lot of movies to choose from this year. But let's get to let's get to our guests who are going to join us this week. You might already have an idea, especially since it's written in the description of this episode anywhere you find it. But we have joining us for the third annual summer movie gamble. Where is it? From Fast Film Reviews, <laughs> currently guarding the galaxy from the dawn of the planet of the Ninja Turtles, it's Mark Hoban. Hi, everyone. And from Cinemaxwell, the young folks, and one of the hosts of the 24 Jack and Chloe Adventure cast, he's amazing at finding one million ways to train your Maleficent, it's Maxwell Haddad. Hello, everyone. Pleasure to be here. Glad to have you guys back. It's been a while since the two of you have been on Out Now. And I talked to Maxwell quite a bit because we're on two other podcasts together. <laughs> but, Mark, but on this show, yeah, on this yeah. show, Maxwell, you've not been on in a while. And Mark, I think within the amount of time that you've not been on the show, I've managed to get a new car and a new job. So I mean, that's, wow. that's how long it's been since you've been on the show. Well, congratulations. Thank you for that. Um, but yeah, here we, so this, we're doing this, and like you guys are being very, very nice and gentle right now, but. You're about to like get super serious when we get to our main competition where we lay out what we think are going to be the biggest films of the summer. Well, for those who don't remember, in last year's wager, Mark and I had first and second place. Mm-hmm. So there's a bit of inherent rivalry uh, being developed, and let's just say that I'm confident I am going to usurp Mark's position as winner. <laughs> oh, snap! Okay, uh, hold on just a second. Let me just put this right here. Okay, there's my, my trophy. <laughs> so... I, I'm guarding it right now, so. 
<laughs> well, that's fine for now, but we'll see what happens in August. Lines in the sand have been drawn, guys. Oh, I mean, I'll be comfortable sitting in my comfortable fourth place. That'll be I'm good with that. I know, Abe. I'm he's, cool he's... with second to last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, who's coming in third? Alan was third last year. Or no, uh, who was third last year? Someone. Was... I think it might have been Adam. I, I might have even got third. I got to check the records here. I... That, that's yeah. a twist. Now we have to predict who's going to be right in their prediction. I remember I lost first year, like straight up. That was the bottom of the first. It was year. almost gonna win, but then Adam Gentry got. Well, Abe, you were, the, or... you were the only one that correctly predicted that Avengers would do the best the first year we did this. We... I think that was an anomaly. No, well, it made more sense in hindsight, but all of us predicted Dark Knight Rises, and you're like, Avengers. And I, I could kick myself because we actually recorded that podcast. The week after. The week yeah. after, after, so we yeah. had some, you know, idea that maybe. But yeah, so uh, we'll get there, though. We got we got some other stuff to take care of before we get to the, 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 the main events of this podcast. Uh, first off, iTunes reviews and ratings. We got another new iTunes review, Abe. I know. I saw that. Yes, and that means we only need four more to reach our goal before our 150th episode. So please send us more reviews on iTunes. We'd really love to get those. It helps out our show. It helps other people find our show. But I'm going to read this one. This is from Tammy K34. I love this podcast, and I look forward to it every week. Fantastic reviews of the films, lots of fun segments, great interaction between hosts and the guests. These guys are really knowledgeable and passionate about movies. They sprinkle in immensely entertaining commentaries. Definitely check out this show. Thank you. For two exclamation points, by the way. Thank you for yeah, that. Exactly. That's a very kind review. We're open to all sorts of reviews, of course. We don't need to just get praise. We'd love to get some criticism. Praise is better. But, I mean, we're... we're constructive <laughs> criticism. Constructive criticism. That's to be more constructive with your feedback, as uh, Jermaine Clement once said. But anyway, that's... Uh, iTunes review ratings, good, good to get those. Helps out our show, helps the other people. It helps, helps us feel better about doing the show, which we already love to do. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, the 150th episode, obviously, that is coming. This is 148. I just talked yeah. about how we're trying to get four more reviews before that, but um, that's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun episode, and following that episode, um, there's going to be some changes to out now. Not, not too heavy, but there's going to be some, some alterations to the general format, hopefully for the better, just to kind of keep the show evolving and interesting yeah. and whatnot so why why mess with perfection though <laughs> well we're you know we're, we're like lexus it's like the the whatever pursuit of perfection. wait a really rip off all yeah. example Abe. Good job. <laughs> sorry lexus still not a sponsor yeah, but, but out, out now version 3.7 as we've dubbed it it's uh it's gonna be pretty special right. i think and uh, what else i uh personally i am currently uh, covering the Newport Beach Film Festival. I just want to throw that out there because I'm having a lot of fun with that. And I know a friend of the show, Adam Gentry, is working very hard as a programmer. Uh, sorry, executive staff member at the Newport Beach Film Festival. And I've been hanging out with him weekly or daily pretty much and seeing a lot of other people too, a lot of cool filmmakers. I've seen a couple cool movies so far. One's called Teacher of the Year that I really loved. It has a number of... Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a kind of a faux documentary style film set around a school. It's got... It's got a lot of comedy, has a lot of stand-up comedians as teachers in it, but it also has a good amount of heart. I really like this movie, so if you ever find the movie Teacher of the Year, which I think is touring a lot of festivals, go seek that one out for sure. There's also a film called The One I Love, which I believe was at Sundance. This one has Mark Duplass and Elizabeth Moss, and and uh, that's another uh, very interesting, uh, very interesting romantic comedy drama with a very unique twist that you just can't reveal before seeing this movie, but those are... The one I love, that's what that one's called. So those are two movies that I've seen that I really enjoyed at the uh, Newport Beach Film Festival. Just throwing that out there. But um, let's see. Let's, uh, let's move on here. Let's get, to, let's get to a very brief Know Everybody. And uh, this is where we ask 
each, we generally ask each other a few questions. I'm going to ask just one general question, though, to kind of set the tone for this podcast. And this one, because we're talking about summer movies this week, I just want to throw, and, you know, we're talking about the big summer movies this week. I want to throw this one out there for you guys. Are there any smaller movies you guys are looking forward to this uh, this summer? I, I have one. There's one with Shailene Woodley called The Fault in Our Stars, and I, I think that has some interest to me. I, I think that could be uh, interesting. I like the sort of the small independent drama, so I that that's sort of appealing to me. Max, what do you have one of those? Yeah, I'm looking forward to um, finally the U.S. release of Snowpiercer. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, from what I understand, after some... Uh, you know, online controversy, we are getting the original cut. I know the studio was threatening to splice it up and make it quote unquote more palatable for U.S. audiences, and I believe that didn't happen. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. And then also, although the title has changed, I'm looking forward to Begin Again, um, the follow-up film from the director of Once, as well as oh. uh, Richard Linklater's Boyhood. Oh, that's yeah. Boyhood's the one that yeah, that's certainly highly anticipated for me. I think all three of those will be nice palate cleansers amidst the explosions and and superheroes and other um, large-scale productions. What's the one from the director of Once Again? What's the name of that one? It's called Being Again. It used to be called One Song to Save Your Life, which I think is a far more interesting title. Kieran Knightley, right? Yeah, it's Kieran Knightley and Mark Ruffalo. It's another music-based um film mark ruffalo plays uh an, he a record executive who loses his job kira knightley plays a girlfriend of a rock star played by uh maroon five's adam levine and she uh gets dumped by him and then the two characters meet and and start creating you know music together um looks really kind of sweet and any film that has a music is a strong element in it i i have interest in but again, though, I really like that original title, and Begin Again is such a bland title. But, you know, the title's one thing, the film's, you know, what ultimately matters. Yeah, for sure. Plus, CeeLo Green is in it as well, so that's oh. just fun. And another film that I'm really looking forward to is uh, Get On Up, which is the uh, biographical drama about James Brown. Yes. And it's uh, starring Chadwick Boseman, who is also in uh, 42, so it seems like he's doing a lot of biographical dramas. Um but that also looks, and that also has to do with music. So, it, it seems like something that might be quite. It good. looked entertaining. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to check that one out for sure. I have, I have two on my mind. There's one called The Rover, which from uh, David Michaud, from who directed Animal Kingdom. This one has um, Guy Pierce returning again, and that just looks like a really kind of dark and gritty, neat little indie that I might be able to check out and be very satisfied with. And on the completely opposite end of the spectrum, there's John Favreau's Chef. Which arrives oh, uh, yeah. pretty soon, which <laughs> is actually going to be the closing night film at the Newport Beach Film Festival. So I'm very excited that I'll be seeing that soon because I really feel like I'm just gonna love this movie. Like I love kind of indie John. Fa- I like John Favreau in general, but like that kind of his early days of like Swingers and I like Made a lot more than most people. Like he has he has some nice little sensibilities when it comes to making these smaller movies that I'm really excited to check out this this new one from. Yeah, the pre-release buzz on Chef is very good. So, it's had some previews already yeah. for some people and and everything has been very positive on that. Yeah, it, it just um this past week in New York has been the Tribeca Film Festival. It just won the Audience Award there. Um and I agree, Favreau when he's in, in indie mode is has made some really special stuff and now that, you know, he's had some uh blockbuster success, he's been able to 
cash in on that cachet and stack his cast with, you know, Scarlett Johansson and Robert Downey Jr. So he's like bringing his old sensibilities, mm-hmm. you know, into his modern career. Should be really exciting. Plus, I mean, the trailer looks like some serious food. Oh, porn. yeah, for sure. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. One of those movies to watch with Babette's Feast. <laughs> 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 Any other uh, thoughts before we move on? No, no, no. Okay. Let's move on then. Let's go to Now Quickies. Yep. Before we get to our big summer movie lineup here, let's talk about some movies that we might have also recently seen during the week. And it's time to Now Quickies. Yep. All right. Okay. Abe, have you seen any other movies this week? I did. Uh, upon the recommendation of, I forget who, but a fairly recent guest, I watched Odd Thomas. It's, that was, uh, that it's was on uh, Scott, Scott Mendelson. Scott Mendelson. Scott Mendelson, yeah. yeah. And it's a, it's a good film. Or it's a fun movie. It's kind of in the vein of. Uh, Almost like the Frighteners and also uh, Fright Night, uh, the the re- reboot with uh, also again star Anton Yelchin. Uh, That's on Netflix. But it's now? it's on Netflix. Yeah, yeah it's right on my queue. Oh my god! Not... Yeah, it's actually a it's a fun movie to catch, and uh, you should watch it. Good, oh, good to it's hear. Yeah. Uh, Mark, any uh, recent ones? Okay, well, it's been a while since I've been on, so I'm gonna go back a couple weeks. I saw Under the Skin with Scarlett Johansson. It is incredible. It's actually, I saw it a while ago, and then um, it kind of sat with me. I wasn't really, sh- I mean, I liked it immediately, but I, I, the more I think about the film, I loved it so much, I actually went back and saw it again, and I liked it even more the second time. It's really um, a special film. It's definitely kind of one of these polarizing films that I think it's not going to be for everyone, but uh, for for the right person, I think it's it's extraordinary. So I, I really love that. It's funny you mentioned that one because I I can't say I loved it as much as you have, but I, it certainly sat with me, and I certainly want to check it out again because I really think I'll, I'll respond to it. Even I I just didn't know what to expect the first time I saw it, and I was taken aback by it, not in a bad way necessarily, but just in a more of a what did I just watch kind of way. So now I'm curious to see it again and see what I. I mean, there are, and I, I'm not the first person to say this, but uh, there are aspects to the film. That remind me of 2001: A Space Odyssey. It's it's virtually wordless. I mean, there are almost there's almost no speaking. There's a few little bits of dialogue throughout the film, but it's almost just like a just music. And I mean, the more I think about it, just the more I I don't know what's going to happen by because the year is like it's only a quarter of the way through. But it's I, I would be surprised if it doesn't end up in my top ten at, at the very least. Maxwell, have you gotten a chance to see Under the Skin? Yeah. I haven't yet. I, I it's all, it's toward the top of my list. I've been uh, sick and also busy with work. It's been crunch time at my job, so I haven't been to the movies in like two weeks, mm. which is kind of rare for me. Um, but I will use this opportunity to plug two TV shows if that's all yeah, right. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. The first is the second season of Orphan Black, which if you're not watching, highly recommend binging on the first season. It's an excellent um, Canadian sci-fi series that airs on BBC America. Um, that I would put up there with any other sci-fi show on the air right now. And the other is I've been really enjoying HBO's Silicon Valley. Yes. It's sort of the um, uh, more subversive and um, intelligent version of The Big Bang Theory. Not necessarily to impugn that show, as so many others do, but Silicon Valley is terrific. It's by Mike Judge, and it you know taps directly into... Um, you know, sort of a new take on what he did with Office Space uh, with a more technology approach to it. Yeah, it's already been renewed for a second season, which makes me happy that Mike Judge is, you know, getting recognition for something now instead of, you know, five years after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and Orphan Black is also, I mentioned this last week, but I am currently binge watching the first. I've just been really busy, so I can't finish it fast enough, but 
I'm very much enjoying Orphan Black, and I'm looking forward to checking out the second season as soon as I finish this very enjoyable first season. But, uh, yeah, Silic- Abe, you're watching Silicon Valley too, right? I am watching Silicon Well, I haven't caught up as much as I, have, uh, if I, ha- as I should have been, because I was finishing up Archer and uh, catching up with Veep. But, yeah, I definitely have seen the first episode, and I thought it was funny. I thought that there was uh, a lot of uh, information in there that I couldn't really understand because it's engineering jokes. But they, they're kind enough to say, hey, like, you don't really need to know this because I'll throw in some other jokes for you. So I like that. Maybe you don't just naturally get engineering jokes? That's not a thing? I don't, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dropped out of that college. <laughs> All right. Um, I've, uh, I've seen a few things this week, um, and... Uh, yeah, I've seen a few things this week. I saw the other woman, which oh, of the I'm sorry, I know. I'm, I'm sorry too. Oh my god, this movie is that is what gets me about this. It's not just like whatever. I like I understand there's a there's a particular audience for this kind of movie, but I mean it's the kind of thing where I get yay, we got like three me female leads in a movie. That's awesome. Let's like have them do fun stuff and whatnot. But it's just not funny. And like, there's like, why is there so much poop humor in the in the other woman? Like, that's yeah. Can, can you explain to me why Katherine Heigl is not in this film? <laughs> she needs to fire her agent. She should she should have been in this movie. Uh, she's yeah. awful though. It's probably better that she's not. Well, right. I don't I'm think absolutely. anybody likes her at this point. <laughs> this is like the the poster for the movie is like. So so much blonde women and it's I'm like why is Catherine Heigl? What gets me and um and and friend of the show Marcus Robinson he's tapped into this in his own review as well is this is a woman this is a movie about three three like like supposedly independent women but and it's written by a woman yet everything about them is is predicated by them being involved with men and having men in their lives there's like somehow a movie with three women like this doesn't pass the Bechdel test like that is the weirdest thing to me that is it's Amazing. Every conversation involves relationships with this guy, played by Jamie Lannister, the Kingslayer, Game of Thrones. <laughs> right. But the thing is, I mean, like that in and of itself doesn't necessarily. I mean, there's a very classic Hollywood film called The Women, yeah. which was just women, but it had to do with men. And that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be bad. No, but yeah. I can I can see where you're going with it. It it just it it's not clever. It's very sloppy. It built a it was on appeal for P- like it had to be appealed to get to PG-13, so you can really tell where all the cuts were made to make it PG-13 and not just stand as a kind of edgier R-rated movie. And again, there's a lot of poop jokes and poop humor in the in the movie in the other women. Like, right. Why? Like Leslie Mann is like solid. She does a lot of like good kind of physical comedy work, which I enjoyed. And she's I heard she was like the MVP in the film. She is easily. Even Kate Upton, like once Kate Upton joins in, the energy strangely increases in the film. Like before, I was just like bored, and then she got in. It's like, all right, well at least there's a new dynamic here. But whatever. Right, new dynamic. That's I'm sure you were happy with her dynamic. You see, oh, she she has amazing dynamics. Yeah, everyone loves Kate Upton's dynamics. <laughs> what are we talking? I'll move about? on about because physics. this movie's terrible, and I don't feel like keeping talking about it. <laughs> as much as they wanted to this week. Um, no, I didn't. I didn't really. <laughs> I saw I saw Neighbors, which we're not going to do a full episode on, um, and I don't even know how much I can say about it, but I'll just say, go see Neighbors, it's really funny. Uh, Yay! Woo! And I, I also, because I didn't want to see Brick Mansions, I really... There's a little, that's a little foreshadowing, actually. A little bit, yeah. A little it bit? might be. Might be. Perhaps. I, I didn't want to see Brick Mansions, um, as much as I like the late Paul Walker, uh, I just, I couldn't see this movie, because I love District B-13 too much, and oh, and I've been, I've been burned too many times with recent kind of remakes of uh, 
other films that I cra- old boy is where I'm getting to on this. But um, mm. did, I, wa- I rewatched District B thirteen because I really love that movie, and it's just still streaming. It's still streaming. It is. There you go. It's have just, you seen it yet, Abe? I have not. No. Still no. It's just wow. still no. It's so much fun. It's so good. It, it's at, it it's at the point where I think I like. I think I like District B thirteen as much as I like the raid. Like it's just just fun. It's, oh. it's, like, it's just so that's, like. That's... As the rare person who doesn't like the raid, District B thirteen is sort of my barometer for recent great foreign action titles. It, oh, I, I'm going to support Maxwell on this. I love District B thirteen. wasn't crazy about the raid, but um, no. And the the, the District B thirteen. I mean, it's one of those films where it, I, the, all the parkour in it is so extraordinary yeah. that. It, you don't even need the dialogue. It's just I was amazed by it. What's great? It's just it's like it's like eighty minutes at most, like without credits, and it just moves. Like there's very there's no time spent on like just like drama, backst, whatever. It's just if there's like no fat on this film, and it's just right. it just moves. efficient. Yes, very much so. And I will probably yeah. see Brick Mansions um, eventually, but I understand your trepidation. Yeah. It'll, it, it'd be a while. It had to be streaming the, before I finally. The uh, David Bell, he's in both films. Yes, correct? he plays the same yes. character in both. Films. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the same character. I mean, yeah. There are very few people who can do what he does. So yeah, he's one of the eight founding members of the of the sport of parkour. You know, to be honest, after seeing District B thirteen, you know, back in whatever two thousand five or I whatever wish, when yeah. it came out or four, I kind of thought maybe David Bell would maybe break into Hollywood. He seemed, you know, charismatic and. I don't know. I mean, you know, as an action star, but I don't. It just never happened. The other so. actor in there too, Cyril. He's been in. He was in uh, Live Free or Live Free or Die Hard, and uh, a couple a couple other things. Like I was just kind of uh, just been around. But yeah, I, I'm a little surprised that David Bill hasn't. I think parkour never quite became as popular in action movies in America as I expected. Uh, you know, there's a couple movies that featured it, like Casino Royale, the opening, the opening action scene, and other things here and there. But it never, you know broke out yeah well anyway last thing i want to mention i don't think i mentioned this on the pod i forget if i have or not um but only lovers left alive this is the movie ah, from jim jarmusch mm-hmm. um this is maybe my favorite movie of the year right now um along with the lego movie still actually i, <laughs> I am seeing this later t- today it actually i i it's much like how under the skin is stuck with me only lovers left alive is stuck with me not only just in terms of like what i saw and like what did i see but like in terms of i just really love this movie i'm a big fan of jim jarmusch to begin with so that kind of helps of course but i it, it's it's really it's 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 stuck in my mind as one i just want to i just want like other people to see <laughs> like it's so it's weird for sure i mean you had me at Tilda Swinton, yeah. David Hiddleston, Tom Tom Hiddleston, <laughs> Tom Hiddleston, sorry, Tom, Tom Hiddleston, who like that, are basically that... are vampires in real life. So it's like, all right, that makes sense <laughs> that they're cast in this movie. <laughs> so, so is Jarmusch for that matter. If you can I was wondering why David Bowie wasn't in it, but you know they have John Hurt, so it it, it works. Works out. <laughs> his uh, his obvious cousin in alternate universe. Anyway, let's let's move on now. That was out of cookies. Yeah. Uh, let's see, because we're doing kind of a specialish show this week in terms of what we're mainly talking about, I'm going to move up out some of Out Now Feedback to right now. So let's do a little Out Now Feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where we answer a few of the, or read some of the few uh, answers that we got on our various questions that we asked on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast. And um, so yeah, we're just going to go over some of the Out Now Feedback. We'll get to more feedback later on, but uh, for now, here's, uh, here's, here's a couple questions. So here's the first one. What movie do you expect to bomb this summer? And feel free, you guys, Maxwell and Mark, to answer if you want to as well. Um, Mike has Ninja Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Adam has Ninja Turtles as well, as well as Jupiter Ascending. Danny has 
Edge of Tomorrow, Jupiter Ascending, and Sin City 2. Jupiter is guaranteed. The other two, I think, just may fall in summer blockbuster season full of movies that will make more money. Matthew has Captain America 2. No one's going to see that movie. <laughs> um, Jason has Lucy, but the real answer is, of course, Blended. I don't know about that one. You have I don't know. Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore got a strong following. reuniting on Memorial Day weekend. That seems kind of like a hit, regardless of how good it is. Um, and Bob has Hercules for the second time of this year. <laughs> you guys have any uh, any replies to that one? I mean, the one I was most expecting to probably bomb is Jupiter Ascending. Um, the Wachowskis just can't catch a break whether or not their films are good. And it just seems sort of, in terms of release date, kind of just stuck in the middle of other films that are likely to do better. I think it looks interesting, but it just is also, it's not based on anything anyone's familiar with. Um, it looks kind of weird um, and esoteric for mass audiences. And uh, I don't know. It, I mean, yeah, it needs... It needs good word of mouth. It needs to not be two and a half hours. I think if it's like if it's like a strong like hour forty five or something, and it actually you know gets good reviews, which I hope it does because I like the Wachowskis, then hopefully it could work out. But yeah, that seems to be a good potential to just not do well this summer. Uh, that's exactly the same film that I feel. I mean, if it's a good movie, I think it would be successful. But I don't I don't feel like it's going to be a good movie. And um, I believe based on the amount of money that they've spent on it and just some uh, i don't know the the there's sort of some buzz surrounding the film that leads me to believe that it's it's not going to be good and the fact that it's so long is not a positive next question we asked is what summer movie could be the biggest surprise quality or box office wise mike jones writes godzilla uh, scott lester writes the seth MacFarlane western could surprise us all after all ted shocked most of uh, uh, most of us with its rabid fan base that's one million ways to die in the west right uh, Bob writes, Helping Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but probably Jupiter Ascending. So he, he's got some uh, positive vibes there. And uh, lastly, Jason writes, The Rock's Hercules film. So we're two ends of the spectrum on the on Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> and Jupiter Ascending, apparently, too. And Ju- yeah, exactly. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, maybe, too. But uh, yeah, we'll see. I don't. Let's uh, let's move let's move on now. I want because I I know we all of us are just waiting to get into what we think are going to be some of the biggest hits of the summer and <laughs> could surprise us, could maybe not surprise. We'll see. But. Uh, Let's go here. Let's uh, let's move on. Let's get into our uh, not our main film review, but our main uh, segment of this week: the summer box office gamble for the third year in a row on Out Now <laughs> with Aaron and Abe. All of that. Uh, all, all in that yeah. case. Exactly. We gotta we gotta splice in some audio at that point. <laughs> <laughs> there. An explosion or something. So, this is, in fact, the third annual Summer Movie Gamble. I'll lay out what we're doing, and then we'll just kind of get into it. We are now going to basically list what we think are what are going to be the top biggest domestic grossing films of summer, of this summer. And I have a, we have a whole list of movies to go through. It's basically from this May all the way down to Labor Day weekend, although I, you know, I don't think I was going to choose anything from September to be on the top ten. But... That is when we're going to end it. We're going to we're going to we're going to re-record the kind of results show on Labor Day weekend when this kind of thing all comes to a close. And so we're going to list ten. We're going to list ten movies. We also have three dark horses to picked out as well. 
And at the end of this whole thing, there's a whole um, score system that I'll put a link to in the show notes. So if you guys want to play along at home, feel free to do so as well, um, where we kind of add up. Things are based on kind of if you call like the number one and the number 10 movie, you get more points for that. If you get like if you have the movies matched up correctly in the place that they fall into, you get points for that. If you're very close, you get a certain amount of points. So there's a lot of this. It's a very elaborate scoring system, which is a. Uh, Makes for a very interesting game because it's not as cut and dry as you might think it is. But yeah, that's pretty much all the rules I think I have to go over now. So I think in the past couple years we've went from one to ten because it was generally pretty easy to guess the top three films versus the bottom. But this year I think it's a little bit different. So I think I, I want us to go from ten to one. You know, the natural oh, kind wow. of way to do it. Just because changing I, it up. Yeah, yeah. why not? And because I do think there's a lot of room for where we might be placing some of these movies into. I'm pretty sure we all have an idea of what movies we each collectively have on our list, but where to rank them might be a little bit more difficult than previous years. So, um, with all that said, let's just go down the line here. Let's uh, let's start with let's start with Mark Hoban. What is your number ten film for uh, the summer? All right, so the summer of 2014, I think, is going to have quite a few comedies that are going to break out and be quite successful. So in that vein, uh, my number 10 pick is Neighbors. And this is the uh, movie starring Seth Rogen and Zac Efron. And I have heard some of... I know I'm aware of some people who've already seen this film, and the buzz is very good. And I actually think this could be Zac Efron's biggest hit, uh, not including the Lorax, if you if you would even include that, but I think this is going to be a big hit. I think it's it. I've seen the trailer and I think it it looks funny and uh, comedy. There's always a couple comedies I think that break out in the summer and I think this is going to be one of them. Some would say it's the role that Efron was born to play. Maxwell, <laughs> what is your number uh, ten film? I hate to be redundant, but my number ten pick is also Neighbors. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa! Um, for many or all of the same reasons, Mr. Hoban selected it. Um, it just seems like the buzz is, is, is right for this type of movie. Uh, Seth Rogen is, you know, at the right place after the success of This is the End last summer. The trailers seem to kill, and I think it's going to do quite well. Abe? Wow, that was uh, that, this is getting intense already. My number 10 is also a comedy, but it has Adam Sandler in it. It's blended. You're going with blended, all right. Yeah, because yeah. he's got a strong following. And, uh, you know, none of us, I don't, think, I don't think any one of us like Grown Ups too, but that still managed to make like $134 million at the end of its front, which is it's a lot of money. It's uh, it's the reteaming of um, Drew Barrymore and Sandler, which also probably adds some points to its card as well on a Memorial Day weekend, yeah. no less. I think there's a lot of potential there, um, regardless of how good the movie may or may not be. Personally, I, I feel like I have to do like mental exercises to figure out what's going on in the trailer from Blended, but I mean, <laughs> well, we'll see how well it actually. Like, I don't, I, I can't seem to figure out how this plot works, even beyond they go to Africa. Like, it seems like they're doing a lot of setup in the trailer. I mean, whatever. Terry Crews looks amazing in it, and I'm sure, I'm pretty Terry sure that Crews, <laughs> Terry Crews looks amazing. <laughs> Terry Crews. <laughs> I uh, for my number ten, I have Tammy. This is the new film ah. from McCarthy. Um, it when is it? Open? I think it opens like the. July 2nd, or like the first weekend of July. Um, it's direct, It's written by her husband, I believe, uh, Ben Falcone. Indirectly. Is it directed to? Indeed. Yes. Yeah, it is. Okay. And it has, you know, a big, big strong cast. We've talked about the trailer already um, before on a previous episode. But yeah, I, I feel like uh, Liz McCarthy, she's been... Uh, she's getting things done. Making a lot of money with her movies in the past couple years. I feel like Tammy's going to be another strong uh, strong contender. So if that was move on to number nine now. Mark, what is your number nine film? 
Okay, so a lot of my picks are, you know, sequels or reboots, and so I, I was basing my predictions on past successes. So my number nine is also another comedy, uh, twenty or twenty-two Jump Street. Um, I don't think it will surpass the original, but I think in terms of box office, but I think it will still be a very solid hit. Great, Maxwell. Oh boy, I'm gonna have to be redundant again. <laughs> <laughs> my number nine pick is also. 22 Jump Street. Uh, also, for many of the same reasons, Mark picked it. Uh, the first was a big hit. The trailers are terrific. Uh, okay, it, it's going to be tight, this competition between you and me tonight. This, this <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, but I just have a feeling it's going to do very well. Again, I don't think it's going to break out beyond the first movie, but the first movie was really successful, and I think this one will be also. Abe? Uh, my number nine film is also a comedy, um, but more in the vein of uh, Ted. It's going to be tw- a million ways to die in the West. And hopefully with good word of mouth and fairly average reviews, it should it should be propelled into a pretty good spot for the summer. I hope. I hope. This might be the one that kills me. I, I don't think it's a bad choice at all. I, I personally, I can say I don't have this on my list. I very much considered it, but it's... Something about the Western genre doesn't always work, it seems, at the box office yeah. these days. So that that was my reason I've kind of left it away. But at the same time, Ted made a lot of money. And Seth MacFarlane owns Sunday nights on Fox, it seems. Like, I feel right. like he, he's, the exe- he's the executive of Sundays on Fox. Because he even has Cosmos now. He has everything on... I'm telling you. He, he does every, have Cosmos. He has everything on Fox on Sunday nights. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Actually, I... I don't know about how you guys felt, but when I saw the trailer, it made me laugh. Oh yeah, I, I think it looks hilarious. I just, yeah, I don't, so I, I'm receptive to it. It just, it just looks it looks like a very crowded summer, and I feel like that it's, one might not. I don't quite think it's it. a bad choice, but I personally attribute, if not all, but a lot of Ted's success to Mark Wahlberg. I yeah uh, yeah. And without you know, I mean, the lead is Seth MacFarlane, and he's more known as a writer than an actor, and I think that's the film's biggest hurdle to overcome. Um, if it does hit, right. um, yeah. I think Seth MacFarlane will become a movie star as well as, you know, already he's a, you know, Big writing and directing, you know, force. So it, we'll ha- see. it helps that he has a marketable cast. I mean, Liam Neeson's in this movie and Liam yeah, Neeson is, Liam is he's, because he's, he's a pretty, pretty strong force these days. But along with, you know, people like, also, like, uh, like uh, Charlie, Patrick Harris, Neil Patrick Harris, yeah. Charlize Theron, Sarah Silver, like none of these are necessarily box office draws, but at the same time, they're people that recognizable yeah they're recognizable faces that people you know tend to be entertained by so we'll see um, i have 22 jump street for the on my number nine as well so that's why it's Three, guys. yeah so it's funny like we're putting like two comedies back to back even though that doesn't matter at all but it made me stress like <laughs> should i put yeah. two comedies back that makes no difference whatsoever so i shouldn't even think about that but uh, especially because like a lot of the movies are action movies and i'm not thinking about that at all so it's like whatever right and two comedies with uh Apatow folks. Yeah. They, they just rule the comedy scene for the most part. Whether or not they're still working with him. Yeah. All right. Let's go to our number eights now. Mark, what is your number eight film? So my number eight is actually a more unknown quantity. I'm not exactly sure how this is going to perform, but uh, it's Maleficent. And uh, I think this will play to the same audiences as Snow White and the Huntsman. And I, the tr- Angelina Jolie is pitch perfect as the iconic baddie um i i I like her you know enhanced cheekbones i think visually she's stunning and the little bit that i've seen uh, as far as the trailer is concerned really kind of excites me about this film and i like the fact that is essentially i mean i know it's a takeoff on a previous 
entry. But it is an original. I treat this as an original property. Yeah. So I think it's sort of an unknown quantity as to how it will perform. But assuming it's good, I mean, it could even be better uh, than a, than number eight. But I, I, I'm putting it at a n- number eight, so I'm being a little bit uh, conservative. Great. Maxwell? Okay, uh, my number eight choice is Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I, I find this one a little bit tricky, um, and I fully um, am prepared to uh, see it do even better than I'm predicting just because Marvel is on such a hot streak and they have they have mastered marketing in the modern age but um, the, the 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 characters are just not well known by mass audiences um, and that is a hurdle you know if you go back to 2008 I mean compared to Superman and Batman the DC properties Iron Man wasn't well known. And, and the fact that Marvel has made Thor a popular character leads me to believe that they can make anything a popular character, yeah. but I'm just... They I'm made just, Iron Man a popular character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I'm just playing this a little bit conservatively. I think it'll do well. It could break out and be absolutely huge. I'm just not prepared at this juncture to say that'll be the case. But I do think it'll do well. Um, it could be one of those word-of-mouth hits that people just keep going back for. But the August release date is also tricky. Movies that open in August can be hits, but they don't usually go huge because there's not enough time to, to build legs because by the time Labor Day comes, people are back in school, and I think that's uh, a hindrance as well. But it will do well, and it does look awesome. Abe? My number eight film is still a comedy. It's 22 Jump Street, and probably more or less the same reason as you guys said. Uh, I think that it might slightly do a little bit better than its predecessor, but not too much better. That summer release date certainly helps, I would say. It, uh... It's finding, it's finding people at the, we'll see, I guess, but it's finding yeah. people, you know, at the end of school. You got popular people like Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill back in a big summer movie. Summer action comedy, no less, but the R rating also kind of limits it as well, so. The summer be movie hopping. release date helps, but at the same time, the trailer, so much of it is about spring break. I'm like, why didn't you guys open in April? Yeah. <laughs> With mean, less competition. Yeah, especially, yeah. This yeah, is. I mean... Maybe they wanted to avoid Captain America, but if they'd opened, say, this weekend, killed. They would have killed. Yeah, they would have. Basically, any weekend that wasn't the first weekend of April, it probably would have killed. Because no. April was pretty much a slum. I don't, I don't work in Hollywood, yeah. so. What <laughs> or even, the, uh, even, even March again, like, like the first one, whatever. Um, anyway, uh, my number eight film, I have Godzilla. Um I'm going a little low with Godzilla, I think, but I think that's a solid choice. I uh, yeah, I I just don't know. I'm basing it a lot around uh, how Pacific Rim did last year. I think that's a very solid comparison, just because this one similarly doesn't have it has. Well, Pacific Rim was a new IP. Godzilla obviously has kind of a legacy to go with it, and the marketing's been terrific. But at the same time, it doesn't have kind of a na- uh, you know a, a, gr- a huge cast in the same way that some of these other movies do. It has cast of people that people know, but. It, it's more in that Pacific Rim realm where, like, Idris Elba might be popular, but he's not exactly, like, put Idris Elba and Charlie Hunnam on your poster and you sell a movie. Godzilla has Brian Cranston in, in Kick-Ass, and, uh, <laughs> among others, uh, in the last, in one of the last Samurais. One of the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> one of them. Uh, but, um, as, again, I think, I think it, Warner Brothers is doing a tremendous job of bringing this property back out and doing a good job of making it look very serious, but I just don't know how well it's going to do, so I think number eight, that's where I'm going to put Godzilla. And this is one that I struggled with. I had it higher and I had it lower, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Mark, what is your number seven film? 
Okay, so my number seven film is Guardians of the Galaxy. And uh, I think, sort of for the same reasons that Maxwell put it at eight, uh, I think uh, this is a movie that the fanboys are already ready to see. It's going to be a hit with them. That's a foregone conclusion. As far as the mainstream movie-going public is concerned, I think it's a little bit more of a difficult sell because it's an unknown quantity. However, the trailer is good. As far as I'm concerned, the trailer really sold it to me. I like the comedic tone. And personally, I like um, superhero movies that have a little bit of comedy or camp. I, I, I think the whole genre needs that. And when you kind of get overly serious you know, i.e. Man of Steel, then it starts to get kind of like, oh, this is a drudgery. So I like Guardians of the Galaxy, and I like um, the, the the tone of it is really good. So uh, I don't think it will break out in the way that would make it, you know, higher, but I think it will be a, a decent success. So that's why it's my number seven. Maxwell? Well, it seems as if Mark and I have simply just flipped spots now. <laughs> <laughs> my number seven is Maleficent. Um, I think it's gonna. There's it's rated PG, which I think is pretty pivotal this summer. Um, we'll, we'll get into this a little more, but there aren't too many family titles amidst the glut of PG-13 films. Um, Disney, I think, is doing a really, really good job marketing this one. Um, they've had some failures the last couple years with um, other uh, fantasy titles, but you know Oz did well last year. But I think Angelina Jolie. Uh, is perfect for the role, and I think the Lana Del Rey song is helping build a lot of buzz for it. And I think I it's that song. a big hit with families and um, great counter programming for younger girls while their brothers and dads go and see, you know, Spider Man again or whatever. <laughs> um, personally, I think it looks really good. Um, I mean, I'm hesitant about it for the same reasons. Um, I have disliked a lot of what Disney's been doing in live action lately, but I think this could be a step in the right direction for him. Great. Abe? Number seven will be Guardians of the Galaxy for all the same reasons that Mark has said, and I think that uh, one of the things that the the fanboys would go see it probably first weekend and second weekend, and I think that it's sarcastic enough for the uh, critics, the general critics, to say, hey, I didn't really get a lot of it, but it's still pretty funny, and it's still pretty... uh, it's like it's it's different from the other Marvel movies where you have to know all the characters and whatever. It's actually just a bunch of guys who are just wild and rambunctious. And I, if that happens, then I think that it's going to do fairly well. And again, we've mentioned on the show before, Marvel hasn't really made a misstep so much per se. And it kind of goes to what Maxwell was saying with the, the way that they've been marketing it and the way that they're distributing things and just the overall sense of how they can build this universe for a mass audience. So Guardians of the Galaxy, number seven. I also have Guardians. Um, it comes down to Marvel being the same zone that Pixar was in their heyday, where they just hit after hit, very consistent in terms of marketing and just success, and even critically to an extent, too. I mean, there's not many Marvel films that have been lowly rated. I think maybe, what, Iron Man 2 and, and Thor 2 are the, maybe the, the least rated, and they're still kind of fresh. They're still and, fresh, yeah. Um, but I just think this is going to be a very big test of the brand of Marvel as opposed to star plus concept. And if it works, which it looks like, I mean, to me, it just it looks like a lot of fun. But if it does pay off, then Marvel will pretty much be set to do whatever they want to in turn, for at least a good good few more years beyond just like Avengers and sequels to movies that have already been established, such as Ant Man and Doctor Strange and 
Yeah, the the fact that we may actually get a big budget Doctor Strange movie is utterly baffling. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't, I don't, under, I can't comprehend it. I don't see how it's going to work. But if this movie works, forget about it. It's going to work. Crazy. So yeah, uh, they must have they must have stolen Pixar's magic juice. Not that <laughs> you know. They're all they're all Pixar's under the Disney umbrella. It's crazy. To, I, uh, Sorry, they're all under the Disney blue umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Well done. Mark, what is your number six film? Uh, so my number six is Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. And this is one of the few sequels that I think could actually surpass the original. Um, I, I think uh, the interest in the previous entry was very high. I think people really enjoyed it. I think anticipation for this one is really uh, high as well um you've got apes on horses that's always a good thing so <laughs> that's i think that's why it's my number six that's actually a rule in a lot of books that apes on horses is always a good thing i've seen that in a john hollywood's book about things that are always good apes on horses uh maxwell what is your number six bill uh my number six is godzilla um i think aaron you did a good job of um sort of explaining why i think it'll do well um, I think it'll do better than Pacific Rim did because of the name recognition. Mm. I think it's opening on a on a good weekend. I think the marketing has been superb, um, and I think Brian Cranston is at a point where he's ready to break out as a movie star, and this will be the film to do it. Um, so, yeah, and don't forget Aaron Johnson. Yeah, I mean Aaron Johnson. <laughs> I, not, no, I know you're laughing a little bit, but you know he's flirted with stardom for a couple years. I think this will help, but I, I mean, I think Avengers Two will be the one that makes him a household name. It's seeing him hey, be and, become and, more mature. I think. I was gonna say Anna Karenina was in my top ten last year. Yeah, but who signed Anna Karenina? That made like fourteen dollars. Really <laughs> At least three of us. <laughs> something of a chameleon as an actor, which is interesting for a younger actor. I mean, because he was pretty convincing as like the the very dorky American in Kick-Ass, and then, you know, very dashing in Anna Karenina, and then, you know, he's practically unrecognizable in Savages. Um, he was so, also the weakest, he was one of the weakest parts for me in Savages, which is... It's, well, that movie I hated, yeah. but regardless, <laughs> you know, he's able to, he's displayed versatility. I, I can agree with you, I think he certainly tried to do that, because I, when I watched the first Kick-Ass, he looks fine, but I watched the second Kick-Ass, which whatever about the movie, but he he's so like he's he seems so much more mature in the span of time that's happened past that that I I am excited to see him more in these kind of roles now where he is embracing his kind of young adulthood as opposed to late teenage years where he because he, he just looks bigger like look at, <laughs> look, at look at these two, he's like, look at the yeah. look at the two Kickass movies and it's like he's really changed in about that amount of time where he just doesn't he doesn't he doesn't feel convincing as like nebbish guy anymore <laughs> in the Kickass two yeah. Also, I really like Nowhere Boy. I'm just throwing that out there. I think that's a very solid movie with him. Um, anyway. He married his director. He did, yeah. Damn. Abe, what is your number six film? Number six is Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, much for the same reasons that Mark had said. And um, I think that people are just excited to see it. I, I, What's weird is the first one made a lot of money despite having largely just James Franco and a, a, a green screen and Andy Serkis as um, Caesar. You know, Caesar. Right, uh, but not a whole lot of uh, not a whole lot of star power per se. Uh, strong story and strong movie. So hopefully this one follows in the same footsteps. 
I have Don as well as number six. Basically, <laughs> we're um. Wow. I Mark and I actually have more in common right now than you and Maxwell or Habe and I. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I agree with all the same reasons. I think it's going to be just a kind of superior sequel in pretty much every way. I think it's going to make more money. I think it's going to be a better movie. As much as I like Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and I do, I think Dawn has just the potential to be something far more um, just ambitious and creative, and especially given some of the stuff I saw, which I talked about last week at the WonderCon, it just looks incredible in terms of the visuals that are on display in that movie. So I I hope that, and it has this great July, it has the basically the Dark Knight release date. It's kind of in mid-July. Ooh. It's away from other things. It has some time to really grow. So if anything, it could be even higher than number six. But for now, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, it just looks solid. It looks like it could do very solid. So. Mark, what is your number five film? So my number five is Godzilla. And... I have it a little bit higher than Maxwell and Aaron, um, and I, I agree it doesn't have a marquee cast. But you know, neither did the '98 version. And if you adjust for inflation, um, that Hank Azaria, Apu Nasahapina Petalan himself, Jean Renault, <laughs> Ferris right, Bueller, Ferris Bueller himself, yeah, Ferris Bueller, action exactly. star Ferris Bueller. But, if you adjust for inflation, that movie would have done $230 million. And I think the trailer has really sold this film. I don't think on paper people were excited until the trailer came out. And I know that, uh, Aaron, you for one, enjoy this trailer. Oh, yeah. So I And I think that is going to go a long way into pushing this to being a, a fairly decent hit. I mean, I don't. I, I have it at number five, so it's, it's not, um, you know, higher than that. But... Uh, I mean, technically, I actually think I this could even have the potential to even be better than than the number five film of the year. But I, I'm going to be guarded and and place it at number five because I think there are other properties that are a little bit more anticipated. It has a great release date, which is what helps it a lot because the week before Memorial Day, which a friend of the show Scott Mendelson calls one of the best release dates for any summer movie to have potential to break out and hold legs. But it also there's so many things around it, which is what kind of gets me, and so it's hard to hard to quite place as far as where I was putting it. So I have it, like, Pacific Rim was my comparative example, but there's also, like, World War Z, which was, like, number seven at the box office last year, and it had kind of a an established ID, IP to an extent based on, like, a book and the popularity of zombies, but it also had, like, Brad Pitt on the poster. So it's, like, it's... It falls into this weird realm where I just don't know where to place it, similar to Guardians, I guess, just because it's right. kind of new, but kind of not, so it's hard to kind of predict, but I mean, that's you know, why we're doing this. That's why it's fun, just to see where everything lands. But, uh, that's it. Maxwell, what is your number five film? My number five is Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and I feel no need to uh, expand on that anymore because everything I have to say has already been said. Okay. Abe? Uh, my number five is Godzilla. And uh, same reasons as Mark Oban. I think he and I have been uh, on track in the past two picks here. Three. Yeah, the last three. Three picks. Guardians of the Galaxy 7 too, as well. Okay. Huh? Uh, my number five, I have X-Men Days of Futures Past. I'm aware that some of you guys will probably have it higher since I haven't heard it yet, and I know you're not going to leave it off completely, but with that said, um, I know X-Men films do... They they have they seem to have a limit. They don't seem to always go as high as they could. That's why I have it at five and not higher up. At the same time, given its kind of Fast Five approach to having everybody from all the previous movies in it could aid in having people be like, oh, I recognize that guy from a you know, blank movie. So it could help in making it far more popular, making it a big success and whatnot. 
But I feel I'm just you know, I'm set I'm set at number five for it now. If it gets higher, it's not going to be too surprising for me. But, uh, Mark, what is your number four film? <laughs> so you didn't have to explain it too much because uh-huh. my number four is X Men: Days of Future Past. Uh, you know, actually, my top five, and I'm even including Godzilla in this. I almost feel like any one of these could possibly be the number one film of the summer. They're all fairly close. And so X-Men Days of Future Past could possibly be the number one. But I'm putting it at number four for sort of the same reasons you have. I I was actually surprised. I looked at some of the uh, previous X-Men films. First Class only did $146 which is really low. Um, However... This has sort of been marketed as sort of an Avengers-type reunion of sorts. So I think the anticipation for this entry is a little bit higher. Um, you know, so, so anyway, uh, I'm, I'm putting it at number four. Not, not, in, you know, not higher than that, but still something that's going to do solid business. Maxwell? Um, yeah, I just want to uh, jump off a little bit of what Mark said in that the, the, the top four choices of mine – I feel like any of them could end up in the top spot. Um, I think it's going to be a close race. Um, but my number four is The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Um, I think it's going to do similar, if not a little bit better, than the first film. I think it'll do uh, better overall worldwide. But in terms of domestic, I think it'll you know maybe surpass the first one a little bit. Um, obviously, the first uh, weekend of May is a great time to open a Marvel movie in... The United States. Um, and, I think it's got the the best. I mean, that opening slot, like you said, is that's what Iron Man had last year, and that was the number one film right. of the year. So right. I just support you on that. Yeah, I think it's gonna. I mean, I think they're doing a really good job marketing it. They're parading Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone, and Jamie Foxx around the world and putting them on every single talk show. Um, but I also think at the same time. The first movie is is liked by the general population, but I'm not sure it's loved um, in the same way that the the first uh, Spider-Man movies were. So I, I might be wrong about that. You know, I might be reading a little bit too much into the you know more um, uh, film-loving internet population that you know I and I think we all converse with. Yeah. So that I think that could prevent it from being huge, at least in the United States. Um, but like I said, I think it's going to be number four, and it could do better than that. But mm-hmm. I'm sticking with it as my number four pick. Abe? My number four pick is How to Train Your Dragon 2, and this is primarily based on what the first one made. The first one made ended up making like $217 million. Um, in March. It opened, it opened up in March? Yeah. Yeah, and this one opened up in June, which is pretty heavy uh, with, with the other releases uh, on the schedule here as well. Um, but... First one was pretty fun. This one, hopefully, is continuing to be fun. It was actually one of my favorite animated films ever because of uh, the serious tones that it takes toward the end there. Um, but, yeah, I, I hope that this one does well. Um, number four spot, like what you guys had said, it could do well, it could be worse, um, or it could be better, it could be worse, and also uh, maybe it could be the number one. I don't know. I have Maleficent as my number four. I... I'm betting pretty hard on the list initially. Yeah. I think it. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's because you have Angelina Jolie, because you have a you know female characters in the lead roles, and because it's a big Disney kind of epic to an extent. I think there's a lot of factors that have it in the realm of possibility to be one of the bigger hits of the summer. It, it would help if you know it's good. From right. what I've seen, it looks good. It looks at least fun and imaginative in the same way that, even though I'm not a big fan of it, Alice in Wonderland did. Um, 
And it just, it seems, and it has that kind of, you know, Jolie plus this aspect to it that could, you know, make it stand out high amongst other films that are, you know, more kind of guy-centric and teenager-centric and whatnot, just various factors like that. I I think Maleficent has the potential to kind of hit a different note. The thing is, if it's a good movie, it doesn't matter whether it's guy-centric or girl-centric. It will be a big hit. I mean, guys will go see this film if it's good. Yeah. So and honestly, personally, just deep down in just my own personal feelings, I really want it to be good. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I want this to be like because it's it's. I think of this as more of an original property. I, I realize it it relates back to the Disney cartoon, but I, I think it's an original. I mean, it's they've gone off in a different direction, mm-hmm. and it, it's you know it, it is the first I, you know live action of it. So yeah, I just I really would like it to be good. I mean. I'd like all movies to be good. Like if I, no, I, course, I'd love but... Blended to be great. I'd love to watch Blended and be like, Adam Sandler is back. He is basically He's back, yeah. like, I'd love to see that movie. That would be great. But it just sometimes doesn't work out as well as it could. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I do. Yes, I do hope that Maleficent is good. I just, I always, I guess what I meant is I like it when an original property succeeds For because sure. it's like, yeah. oh, okay, we right. didn't have to rely on the audience base of a previous film. For sure. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm I'm happy to to see you put it that high. I, th- I mean, I think it's pretty well known that I'm a, a fairly diehard Disney fan, so nothing would make me happier than it to do well, and in, in in particular for it to be good, which I think it has the potential to be. Yeah. And Disney, I mean, it's a cartoon, but Disney is just coming off of Frozen. That was a, if you want to call it a girl centric film, but look at the success. That's right. One of their biggest hits ever. Uh, that is the kind of thing that might play into the success of Maleficent. I mean, Oz did great, and that just has James Franco <laughs> and like, <laughs> and like three women who the biggest one is maybe uh, Mila Kunis. I mean, it, it has the like they can make it work if it works. I guess. Yeah. Mark, what is your number three movie? So my number three is Amazing Spider-Man Two. And uh, the last did about 200 or did about 260 million. I think this will probably do slightly less, but I think it will still do quite well. Um, I mean, a lot of serious prognosticators have actually placed this as the number one film of the summer, and I don't think that's a bad choice. But I I think there are other properties that will probably do a little bit better. Um, and so, and again, what Maxwell said, the uh, release date is really good i mean it's the first sort of the kind of the unofficial start of the summer yeah and i think that's going to help a lot and and then you know i think i think it'll be decent i mean the advance word on it is that it's fine i I don't know if if people are like gaga over it but it but i think it's it's there's enough people that are excited about i mean spider-man is kind of one of those superhero movies that even people who aren't really into superhero movies kind of are interested in so that that is enough to make it a number three pick for me that's a good way to put it that people may not necessarily read Spider-Man comics but he has that kind of everyone knows who that is yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he does whatever a spider can i hear yeah uh maxwell what is including your... uh checking his banking account he also spins a web any size and catches caesars like flies but anyway look out what's maxwell's number three <laughs> My number three is X-Men Days of Future Past, and I actually uh, tinkered with putting this higher. I think this will be the X-Men movie that um, breaks past that sort of um, uh, ceiling that all previous X-Men movies have stopped at for a couple of reasons. Um, first of all, um, it's the uh, it's in 3D, which, yep. you know, is, is, is a consideration in these days. Second of all... Um, you know, Mark was saying how surprising it was that First Class didn't do that 
that well. I mean, $140 million is nothing to scoff at. Um, it's a lot of money, but um, that movie was was kind of a gamble. You know, it, it was a period piece. Um, you know, it didn't really have Hugh Jackman in it, That's which the this mate, one yeah. does. There's no Jackman. Obviously yeah. front center in the marketing. And also, if you go back to 2011 and then and then you look now, I mean, Jennifer Lawrence and Michael Fassbender right. are both uh, genuine big movie stars. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the return of, of Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart, who are both, you know, as popular as they've ever been in their, you know, old dudes. <laughs> Plus, the scope of it seems huge. And um, without touching on a sensitive subject, recently it's been getting a lot of free press. And I surmise that there's no such thing as bad press. Um, so just people are talking about it, and I think it's going to do really well. Abe, what is your number three? My number three is Amazing Spider-Man 2. And uh, for all the same reasons that Mark had mentioned and Maxwell had mentioned in the past. Uh, did Maxwell mention this one? I did. Yeah, okay. I just wanted to make sure. Just making sure that my brain is uh, functioning correctly. But for the most part, it has a pretty good release date. I, I don't think that it's going to be... I didn't really like the first Amazing... Or the reboot of Amazing Spider-Man. But audience members did. And kids love buying toys that have Spider-Man on it. So I think that it's probably still going to do around the same amount that the Amazing Spider-Man did. And Amazing Spider-Man made around 262 I think, like I agree with Mark, it's gonna, not going to make as much. But it has the entire summer to make up for it. Uh, this is the last change that I made. My number three is How to Train Your Dragon 2. Ooh. Um, I just think I think this will be huge. I wouldn't be surprised if it's even bigger than where I have it, which is already fairly high. But I think How to Train Your Dragon has such a... It, it had to do so, so much to kind of build the box office that results that it had for the first time around. And I think this one is just a very highly anticipated sequel that we might even be underestimating in terms of how much kids want to see this movie. Not just like, oh my god, there's a sequel, but like, oh my god, there's a sequel. To <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, uh, That's how I feel about 22 Jump Street. Yeah, which will be a great weekend for which will be a great weekend for Jonah Hill because he's in both movies and they come out on the same day. So he's he's going to be the happiest one of that weekend, I imagine, but it um it I mean, it looks like a lot of fun. It still has, you know, the 3D flying in How to Train Your Dragon was certainly a highlight of that movie. So, I mean, doing that again this time around with the same characters that people already know and love and, you know, dragons and all that's like, that just spells potential to me. So How to Train Your Dragon 2, that's what I have for my number three film of the year, or summer. Mark, what is your number two film? So I, I love how your previous picks flow right into mine, because mm-hmm. my number two is How to Train Your Dragon 2. And this is essentially the go-to animated film of the summer. Yeah. So any parent that wants to take their child to an animated film, I mean, there are other films this summer, but this is the main one. And I think it's going to be huge. And I would not be surprised if it is the number one film of the summer. It very well could be. But I've decided to place it at number two. Um, I, I, the original did 218 million. I think this will do significantly more than that. I think this will have a, if, if there's any film that will improve upon its previous success, this is it. It's, it's going to be huge. And so, yeah, that's why it's my number two. It has that kind of despicable me too aspect going for it, where it just seems to stand to reason that it's going to be a large success and greater so than the first. Uh, Maxwell, what is your number two? My number two is Transformers Age of Extinction. Um, If this were just another Transformers movie, if the original cast was back, including Shia LaBeouf, 
I'm not so sure I would have been so confident in its success. But I think adding Mark Wahlberg to the formula was sort of a genius move. Um, I think he's at the top of his stardom, um, partly because of Ted, partly because, you know, people just really like him. And I think coupling him and, and having this sort of, instead of it being about a boy and robots, it's, it's about a family. I think that's a, a, a strong element to put in amongst the, you know, Michael Bay, him, and the smashing of the robots. I mean, obviously all the other Transformers have done huge successes. Um, and plus, I mean... Dinobots. <laughs> you know. Yes. That, I can never count those guys say, out. That, yeah. that, that was my argument when, yeah. I can't wait for How to Train Your Dinobots, by the way. I don't... <laughs> Abe, what is your number two film? My number two film of the summer is X-Men Days of Future Past, and I'm putting a lot of eggs in this basket primarily because when I was doing my research, uh, as what Mark is saying, you didn't really see a lot of, I mean, 140, 130-some-odd million dollars is a lot of money, yes. Um, but in terms of box summer box office uh, smashes like 300 plus million dollars, you don't really see a lot of that. But I'm hoping that with good strong word of mouth and very strong reviews, that this one will probably uh, push toward that 250 some odd million for the summer. Um, I was looking back and it's like X Men: The Last Man made 234, and that was a terrible movie. Uh, but that was going off the legs of uh, X2, which was a very good one. Um, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really hoping. I love Marvel, or I'm sorry, I love uh, the X Men series, and I love Marvel comics. But um, I hope that this one does well because uh, these trailers have so far impressed me. I haven't watched the third one. Don't I'm need not to. Going Don't to. do it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going not to. to do. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, let's let's. Here's to hoping. So. <laughs> <laughs> That was impromptu. Oh, I just <laughs> was that a toast? Yeah, <laughs> you're so hoping. <laughs> I had a glass there and I, I take or I, I clinked it with my phone. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Yeah, I mean, I I I mean, I hope it's good for one thing, but I you know I would. It stands to reason that X Men could again, like Martin, Mike Maxwell and Mark have said. I mean, any of these you know these the last few movies that we're talking about could be the number one or you know at least number two. And they have that sort of X Men has that sort of potential. I think the kind of, as I said before, the fast fiving of the series, where you have everyone coming back, including you know the guy that makes the money, Hugh Jackman, along with Jennifer Lawrence, who is you know apparently Mystique has become the most second most important X Men in the whole franchise because she's you know the second biggest head on every poster. I mean, all of these things contribute very well to a movie that people probably want to go and see. And I will not be surprised if it makes a ton of money, especially on Memorial Day week. It's certainly going to, you know, do very well on opening, you know, its opening weekend. That's for damn sure. Much like The Last Stand did, actually, which was also on Memorial Day uh, opening back in 2005? 2011? 05, 06. Six. Yeah. Oh, oh, my gosh. Last, last Stand, not First Class. Oh. Um, but, yeah, so. With that said, I have a Marvel movie at number two. It is Spider-Man, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. I think the biggest thing it has going for it is the fact that it's leading off the summer. I, it's not like this movie's going to bomb, even if the marketing budget seems to be equivalent, be equivalent to the actual budget of the film, given how many trailers and all this stuff I've seen. I mean, he launched New Year's. <laughs> like, that's what Spider-Man's done now. He's <laughs> everywhere. Um, apparently, Sony's not confident that people know who Spider-Man is based on all the marketing we have for him. But with that said, I think it just has that kind of potential to grow... Uh, bigger than the first one was. I think the 
the first one had that kind of issue where it's coming off of Spider-Man 3, which is not well-liked. It's also rebooted, and people are asking why. But now people, I think, are more comfortable with the fact that, you know what, here we are. Where This is where we're at now, and we have this new movie coming out, Spider-Man. Regardless of my thoughts on other Spider-Man movies, I think I'm going to go see it. That's that's what I think general public is going with. I do think that there's a stronger appeal to people outside of, you know, us and the kind of internet realm that Spider-Man exists for that, you know, appreciate that he has movies coming out. Personally, I'm a Spider-Man guy. Like, I, you know, I love Batman. Batman's my hero. But Spider-Man, like, I grew up with Spider-Man. Like, he was always, like, the, a guy that I really enjoyed. And I feel like that kind of sentiment or whatever you want to call it goes really well with just younger audiences all over the place that I mean, look forward to seeing Spider-Man. Just a little while ago, you were doing a spoken word version of the theme song. Yeah. So <laughs> you obviously are a fan. I mean, is he strong? Listen, bud, he's got radioactive blood. I mean, he can do anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, but no, I think Spider-Man has just everything it needs to will put itself in a good position to be very high this summer. And Mark, I think I already know, but what is your number one yeah, film I mean, of the year? Of the I mean, I, I know everybody's pick for number one now, but uh, it shouldn't be any surprise. My number one is Transformers Age of Extinction extinction um and maxwell stole, stole my argument the one word dinobots that's that's all you need to know um i think also you shouldn't underestimate the fact that mark Wahlberg is in it he's uh he's definitely a, more of a marquee name um than the previous installments have had so i think that will also sell the film um i mean all of the transform even if it, this is the worst uh performing transformers film by like slightly, it's still going to be the number one film of the summer, in, in my opinion. So it doesn't even have to perform as well as any of the other entries, and still it's going to be the number one film. I mean, it would have to really tank for it not to be the number one film of the summer, in my opinion. So um, yeah, that's I mean that's my number one film. I, I think the trailer has not sold the film, and I've. I, I'm aware of Aaron's opinion of the trailer, and and I've also heard kind of the buzz surrounding other people. They're not really sold by the trailer, for the most part. But it's still you ask people, are you going to go see it? Yeah, everyone's everyone says they're going to go see it. So that's why it's it's going to be the number, in my opinion, the number one film of the summer. Maxwell, uh, I think uh, How to Train Your Dragon Two is going to be massive. I'm, I think the sky's the limit for this movie. Um, I think it's going to not just hit with kids and families. I think everyone's going to go see it. Um, in terms of the kids, you know, the first one was beloved, and the TV show that's been airing over the past couple years has done very I well. So. And that TV show sort of bridges the gap between this one and the first one. I think it's really clever that um, uh, the characters are older, you don't often see in animated sequels significant time passing for your main characters um, because there aren't a lot of animated franchises where humans are the main characters. But, you know, uh, Hiccup was 15 in the first movie. He's 20 now. You can see a distinct change in age in the design of the characters. And I think the trailers have been suitably epic. I, I just have a much like I had a feeling about Despicable Me 2 last year. I have a feeling that this is going to just be massive. Abe? My number one film is, like what Mark Hoban had mentioned, Transformers. Why? Dinobots, sure, but Michael Bay and his Transformers series, they've consistently made a ton of money. Like When I looked at the research, I was like, 
wait a minute, this can't be right. It's it's actually right. So it's it's just ridiculous how much money they've been making. And my, who am I to say that this movie is going to be terrible? You shouldn't go see it. It's still going to make money regardless. And the toys are still selling. They've been selling since 1982. I don't know when they actually first came out. But, but now they're going to sell Dinobots. Now, yeah, even more Dinobots. Even, exactly. Right. What's more next? Yeah, next is going to be like. Beast Wars, or something like that, which was a fun oh, show back in the day. You mean Dinobots? <laughs> no, no, no. I know there's Beast Wars. Beast Wars. <laughs> um, yeah, there was so much complexity in the Velociraptor characters. Anyway, um, but yeah, Transformers, it's going to be a massive hit, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. I just don't... Dude, whatever could be your number one pick. I mean, it, it was the only pick on this list that I just already had in mind. Like, I didn't have to. I yeah. didn't consider anything else for number one, but Transformers. Really? Yeah, I, oh no, I I definitely did, and I and I will support Maxwell in his uh, pick because that it very well could be the number one. Film. I won't be surprised if there is a film that you know does better than Transformers, but at the same time, it just felt so inevitable to me, regardless if that's a good or bad thing, because I've had mixed thoughts on the Transformers series as a whole, but. I just It's that inevitability that stopped me from picking it in order to attempt to win this whole shebang right. by taking a, a slight separate choice. It, could, it will. That's what will be the determiner, and that's why I didn't go with the obvious pick for number one, as you all did. Yeah, I mean, I like that. At the same it's time, move. At the same time, fortune favors the bold, Maxwell. Sometimes it can. It favored Abe one year. I'm hoping. But, uh, we'll see. I, I, it's funny because I, I remember I picked um, I picked Brave over Spider-Man for number three slot slot for our first time we were doing this around and I thought that was going to be a solid move. It wasn't, <laughs> like, but it did work out. <laughs> Spider-Man two, or you and I liked it. Worked well, but uh, not in terms of quality, just in terms of how much money yeah. I made. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's nice to take those chances every now and then. But something just Transformers, it just I just don't see it getting stopped. I don't know if it can. I I, I you know if it does. Whatever, but it just feels right. I mean, it had, and so that, that kind of Mark Walt, like, I can see the franchise fatigue happening, but at the same time, it it feels like they're trying to reboot it. I mean, given the new cast and everything, it's... Right. I mean, the original Transformers, way back in 2007, did $319 million. Even if it, if it does $319 million, it would still be my number one. And it could do... It could do a fair amount less than that and still be, based on what I'm thinking films are going to make, it could still be my number one. I mean, I, there's a lot of leeway, so that's why I sort of decided, yeah, that it's it's going to have to be my number came, one. This is just domestic, too. Like, worldwide, I don't even know what's going to happen. Oh. Could, there could potentially be, like, $2 billion movies this summer, yeah. if not three. Yeah. Well, this is the kind of film that actually does better overseas. Yeah, and so does, so does a film. What, well, see, Dragons is... Dra like, Fox... Like, see, now... There's the thing to consider, too. How to Train Your Dragon is DreamWorks, but now it has Fox behind it as opposed to Paramount. Um, and Fox it, exceptionally well overseas. Yeah, Fox does something crazy because they make just mass, they just make tons of money overseas with these animated movies, and it could just work out amazingly for them. Same with, I'd imagine, X-Men at this point, too, just given the kind of talent involved in that film. But, uh, yeah, um, let's get to our Dark Horses now. We've each picked three Dark Horse picks. Um, just ones that could potentially also wind up in the top ten that you also get credit for in terms of the how the kind of summer weighs out. So, uh, Mark, what are your three dark horses? Okay, before I go into, I just want to point out Maxwell and I have the exact same top ten because I've been paying attention, and we never differ by one spot. Never. 
we're we're always either like if I have it at one, he has it at two. If I have it at you know five, he has it at six. So we it's going to take some serious computation. The there. only yeah, <laughs> I am aware. And it's and you're going to need to give it like whatever. I don't know how much time you need to wait after the summer, but let let all those box office grosses trickle. If it in comes down to the wire, I'll be sure to you know keep that in consideration. But Abe is the only one that has like movies that are outside of the ones that we have right, picked, right. actually. Blended and billion ways to die in the West. Okay, so you want me just to list my top just my three starting, dark horses, yeah. Okay, starting with the most likely to be a hit. I mean, I I don't I, I don't think we it, don't in, rank not these in a particular order. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay, so uh, just in no particular order, then uh, I have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Edge of Tomorrow, and A Million Ways to Die in the West. And do I need to give explanations for that yeah, or? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, just. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I think it'll be fine. I don't... I mean, the the original 1990 version of the movie did $135 million. I don't even think it's going to do that. Um, they're marketing it more towards, like, nine-year-olds. I think I think adults will probably go see it. I, I think it'll be fine. You know, I don't think it's going to be a bomb, obviously, because I've, I've put it as a dark horse, but I don't think it's going to break out. Um, Edge of Tomorrow... You know, Tom Cruise science fiction could be a big success. Oblivion was, you know, what it was, and I think it will do better than that. I think it will be a bigger hit than Oblivion, but it's not going to be Minority Report. So that's how I feel about that one. And then A Million Ways to Die in the West. Um, again, this could be a really big hit, and it was talked about when Abe chose it. I think it, it looks funny to me, but it is kind of an unknown quantity, so I wasn't prepared to put it in my top ten. Interesting that all the major comedies of the summer happen to be rated R, with the exception of Blended, it seems. Right. At least the ones that have potential to be, you know, huge hits. Maxwell, your uh, Dark Horses? Yeah, uh, just a quick preface. Mm-hmm. Um, my approach for selecting the Dark Horses was, instead of just choosing the three films that I thought would maybe be you know, 11, 12, and 13, and thus could maybe make it in, I decided to pick, at least two of them, pick films that I felt like were counter-programming efforts that could end up as surprise hits and maybe make the bottom of the top ten. So the first one I have is Tammy, which isn't that, you know, big of a stretch. Just, you know, Melissa McCarthy is a huge star um, now. The trailer, you know, features her in a big way. And she has not failed yet. But my other two, um, the first one is The Fault in Our Stars, um, which Mark had mentioned earlier in terms of the smaller films. I'm not sh- quite sure how small I would put it. The book is is a huge hit, and I think it has surpassed just that sort of niche young adult audience to become a major piece of, of, of successful modern literature. And I think it could be really clever um, counter-programming. And then the other one I have is Jersey Boys. Now, I know musicals uh, haven't always hit big. Rock of Ages was kind of a, a bomb. But Jersey Boys is one of the you know most successful Broadway musicals of the last decade. It has consistently grossed over a million dollars a week on Broadway since it opened and won the Tony in 2006. Um, and I think it plays to the baby boomers who amidst the guardians and apes and spiders and mutants and robots and dragons want to go to the movies too. And they love them some Frankie Valley. And that's why I think Jersey Boys could 
be a much bigger hit than anyone may be predicting. Uh, Maxwell, I have a question. I know I'm not asking for a specific dollar value, but how do you think The Fault in Our Stars would perform with comparison to The Descendants in terms of box office? Higher, lower? The Descendants? I think The Fault in Our Stars could cross $100 million. I don't recall okay, exactly so better how then. Descendants did. Again, I could be wrong, but I, I have a feeling it's just well liked, and it, it just it's it seems well timed to me because it's 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 different. You know, counter programming I think is a is a major thing to consider in the summer. There's always a couple of movies that are not the typical summer fare that you know people right. get hungry for that type of movie. Shailene Woodley is a big star now. I mean, Divergent wasn't huge, but it was a respectable hit. Um, and I think people really love that book and really connect with that story. Based on the ads, it's the movie that everyone's still talking about, too. So, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Abe, what are your Dark Horses? Dark Horses, Tammy, Maleficent, and Million Dollar Arm. Why Million Dollar really? Arm? <laughs> yeah, because there's a huge Indian population that will go see these movies. And this is not being, like, you know, kind of... Uh, this is not supposed to be a negative comment in any way, but if there's a, if there's a factor of folks who will... Uh, go see this movie, and there's a lot of them, and it's a good movie. Then sure, they're gonna go and push forward for it. We see this a lot with like religious films, but religious films I think are a little bit more very niche. Um, and wow. I think the only thing that's holding us back is that Disney's putting it out, and I think that's the that's a a fault, I guess, because uh, I remember when The Rookie came out, and I was like, yeah, Kevin Costner, but it's a Disney that's movie. It's like, oh, Dennis Quaid. My bad. Yeah, I, I was like. like yeah, I thought it was fine, but it was just. Well, generally, people like right. Disney sports. I mean, The Rookie, uh, Miracle. I mean, these these right. are these are movies that people do generally like. They just don't make a ton of money. Um, Dark Horse. I, I get it. Yeah, I'm, I see. I see where you're going from. I think it's I think it's a very crowded time of the year for John Hambone to uh, make it out of there. But we'll see. We're gonna count how many times he says what in the movie as what? well. What? Uh, <laughs> Um, I have Edge of Tomorrow, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Joyzy Boys as well. Boys. I, I do think um, Jersey Boys has the potential to be kind of that outlier that's you know completely different from everything else that we're seeing, much like Maxwell's just argued. Uh, Ninja Turtles, uh, people want to make fun of Michael Bay all they want, but his movies make money. So I, him being a producer on that movie could only help it, I would say. I don't know if it's going to make you know the same amount as the original turn Ninja Turtles did, given that that's you know, one of the biggest independent films of all time, and this is more of a... Hey, here's that thing that you once liked, and it has TV shows occasionally. Maybe you'll go see it. And then uh, Age of Tomorrow is like, yeah, Tom Cruise plus sci-fi concepts. Sometimes that works big, sometimes that doesn't. So we'll see how that goes. And uh, yeah, that's um, those are our lists. I have uh, friends of the show, Jordan and Alan, are also in this competition. Alan, of course, could unfortunately could not make it today, but I do have his list. He was able to send it to me, so I'll just read his down the line here. It's very similar to ours, actually. Uh, his number 10 and downward, Tammy. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, 22 Jump Street, X-Men, Days of Future Past. He has the lowest of the, of the four of us here. Uh, Maleficent, Godzilla, Guardians of the Galaxy, he has much higher than all of us. Spider-Man 2, Drag How to Train Your Dragon 2, and Transformers is number one. And his dark horses are A Million, Days to Die in the, Million Ways to Die in the West, uh, TMNT, and End of Tomorrow. So yeah, all, simple, all the movies that we've all listed. Pretty similar, yeah. Yeah. Jordan, unfortunately, has not sent me his list, which is, of course, going to result in a penalty Jordan. <laughs> of 10 points on his final score, much like last year. Um, but yeah, so that that's that our summer list, guys. No, we, we've been that. So the, it's set in stone now because I've, I've typed it down. So <laughs> no changes. 
You've literally etched it in I stone. Have, yeah. I have a yeah. stone. <laughs> it's very difficult to do it at such a fast pace, but I managed to do it. Um, so with that said, let's move on now. Let's, uh, before we move on, let's, let's do our little sponsor work, actually. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com. Set a podcast. There are hundreds of thousands of titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 device. For the listeners about now, Theron and Abe, Audible is offering a free audiobook download for with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I have a book to recommend this week, which is related to our subject of the week. It is called The Gross, The Hits, The Flops, The Summer That Ate Hollywood by Peter Bart of Variety. Um, when movies cost hundreds of million dollars to make and market, the magnitude of the wager is astonishing. Vast riches rain down on those who gamble wisely and careers are made and lost in one weekend. But never is this box office race more feverish than during the summer blockbuster season when the studios roll out their most expensive effects-laden pictures in the feverish race to win the box office derby. This is a book all about summer box office, but in some one particular year in the summer in in, more, in particular, but um, yeah, that is a book you can find on audible.com slash out now podcast, audibletrial.com slash out now podcast. You can download that book or any other book you find there. Check out the service. If you don't like the service, you can get rid of the service, but you can still keep the book that you downloaded for free. So there you go. Audibletrial.com slash out now podcast. Many words. Okay. Um, let's, uh, let's continue the feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Wasn't sure if we wanted to I do that. But, yeah. I, I like hearing it. Uh, we still have we have some other we have one more question followed by some questions you guys have asked us, and uh, yeah, this one because I wanted to wait for all of us to put out our thoughts before I read it for the listeners' thoughts. Uh, which film do you think will be the biggest of the summer? Mike has Godzilla should crush them all. Joe has Guardians of the Galaxy. Danny has My Heart is with Guardians, but my brain is Spidey too. Jason has X Men. Tyler has hopefully Godzilla. We de- we deserve better than Roland Emmerich's version. <laughs> Philip has tra- Transformers 4 financially, X-Men Days of Future Past critically, one of the blockbusters. Bob has How to Train Your Dragon 2. Adam has Transformers 4, unfortunately. <laughs> so <laughs> there's, uh, there's some mixed thoughts there. We'll see. How, well, I mean, we'll all see how it turns out at the end of the summer, of course. And uh, yeah, now we have some questions to go over. And we got some questions here, and I'd love to hear Maxwell and Mark. Uh, you guys answer this one first. Izzy asks us, would you rather see Michael Bay's Power Rangers... Or Voltron. <laughs> I would say uh, Power Rangers. I would say Power Rangers is more American. I, fitting them. I guess I would say Power Rangers just because I used to like the Power Rangers, but I would also like to say see none of the above. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I'd, okay. I'd see the Power Rangers Michael Bay movie with the same cast of Pain and Gain. <laughs> Why is that he making it have to be the Black Ranger? I didn't say that at all. You said that. <laughs> <laughs> Those are not words that came out of my mouth. You said that. I was expecting him to be Zordon, but meanwhile, you're overcasting the black guy. <laughs> Who's that little robot? Uh, Alpha 5, of course. <laughs> that is off the top of my head. I have not thought about your Power Rangers in a long time. <laughs> Kudos to you. Matthew asks, Guardians of the Galaxy. Hey, I didn't, I didn't answer oh, the yeah, question. Oh, yeah, you have an answer, Barry? <laughs> oh, this is very near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Um, Power Rangers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Did you not see the Power Rangers movie? That was amazing. In theaters. They sky surfed at the beginning of that movie. Um, <laughs> is that with Ivan Ooze? Yeah, Ivan Ooze. Yes, yes Ivan Ooze. Yeah, that right there off the top of my head as well. There you go. <laughs> Matthew, Matthew asked, yeah, the classic. Yeah, that's a, a future commentary right there. Power Rangers the movie. Um, Matthew asked, does Guardians of the Galaxy looks awesome or really awesome? I, really awesome. Sure, why not? That's simple. 
I'm going to temper my expectations and say awesome, because uh, if it looks really awesome, I'd just be pleasantly surprised. I'm excited to just watch Slither again before I see Guardians of the Galaxy. I really like Slither. James Gunn film. Um, okay, bigger question. Abe? Joshua asks, what blockbuster movie do you think could be the biggest letdown in terms of enjoyment? It's a great question. I guess I would I would probably say Godzilla, not because I think it's going to be bad, but I think if it is if it like isn't as good as I want it to be, I think it'd be a letdown because it's not like a comedy either, so it's just going to be like this depressing monster movie that I ended up not liking. Again, I don't think that's going to be the case, but if there was a chance for a movie to let me down, it would probably be Godzilla. Right. That's kind of what I was feeling too. This is an interesting question because it really relates to something that you're excited to see yeah. and hope it's good. You know, so, but in that vein, I, Godzilla is definitely one of those films, and then Maleficent, I think. I really want that movie to be good. I agree, yeah. I'm hoping it is. Maxwell, yeah. It's a hard question to answer because, I mean, you could look at it one of two ways. Either A, what movie do I think is actually going to be bad, or the way you've approached it, and that is, what do I hope is good, and would I be really upset if it's not? And I guess for that, I would have to say Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. For a similar reason of Godzilla, just because I feel like if Dawn doesn't end up being good, it's just going to be like a dour mess because it doesn't seem to have much levity to it. And to me, that's always the worst in a blockbuster. If you approach a subject matter in a serious way in a blockbuster and it works, it can be fantastic, like The Dark Knight, but if you, which does have some comedy, but whatever. But if you approach it in a serious fashion and it doesn't work, it's just the worst. It's Man of Steel. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't hate as much as, Ma- as Mark does, I know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it, it certainly, you know, it's not a film that lends itself to much outside the realm of people punching each other and looking at each other with sad faces. So it's like... Right. That's the... why the serious blockbusters is such a gamble, because if it fails, man... Ugh. Which is another, it's another thing to credit to like World War Z, where World War Z, again, that's not a fun movie, that's not like a funny movie in any way, but it, it was a huge risk and it seemed to work out. I mean, it still, yeah. it didn't make tons of money compared to its budget, but at the same time, it still became a, a success. One of my favorite films from last year. Given all the challenges that it had to face going, leading up to it. I'm still surprised by how much I enjoyed that. That worked out well for everyone. So next. Yeah question similar similar question uh which this is from ruben which blockbuster summer movie will have the worst reviews and which one will have the best worst mm. reviews it's gonna be blended still gonna make money though <laughs> best reviews how to train your dragon 2 that's what i'm thinking yeah um i kind of i basically yeah i try to look at the list here again but i pretty much agree with that i, I had we I'd, I'd imagine transformers might get like hammered just be, for the sake of hammering it as opposed to like judging it fairly but I still think it'd be it'd be better off. I think it's I think, I think blended has a better chance of you know getting very poorly reviewed. I guess I, mean, I don't know what. I think that Jupiter Ascending is not going to get good reviews. I think I forgot about I that one. That's, see, I, I, think I that's just going to get bad reviews. I, I could see it getting better, but I don't I don't see it getting like in that like seven percent area. Oh, the same right, way that, like right. blended will in terms of like Rotten Tomatoes and, the, and speaking in those terms. Like I I feel like it could. It could at least get like, th- it get like it could get like low thirties maybe if it was like what, horrible. What do you think about this movie Sex Tape? I haven't even watched the trailer for that actually, mainly because I I, 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 I know it's a, coming out. I know it's a red band trailer, so I kind of avoid those. I'm waiting for like a green band trailer just so it doesn't give away all the. Jokes. When is that? When is that released? That's mid July. That is, I think it's either the same weekend of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes or the week before that or after so it's that. It's Cameron Diaz and Jason, Jason Siegel. Siegel. Yeah, 
And it's from the it's from the same it's the same team that brought you Bad Teacher. I think it'll do fine. I don't think it'll be a big hit, and I'm sure it'll be decently reviewed. You know, I don't think it'll be a you know a seven percenter. Hercules has a good chance to be like very reviled, I'd imagine. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, but will, it, will it be a, a smash? I don't know. Well, none of us because had it on our list part, anywhere. Part part of adding to the hate to it is Kellen Lutz has already beat him to the punch in a certain respect. I mean, not everybody. But nobody that, and nobody knows that exists. So I, I right, I right. A lot of people don't weren't even aware that there was a Hercules film at the beginning of the year, but. I, I still think for those that do know, it's like, oh gosh, here we go again. It's gonna, so it's got to be good. I mean, really good. It's going to test the Rock's marketability too, because outside of ensemble cast work, which is what's you know made the, him popular in the Fast Five movies and the Fast, Fast and Furious movies, I mean, he's on his own. He's not always selling the movie necessarily, so it'll be a test of his strength now, as opposed to you know earlier on where he's been doing more family movies that have been successful, but his action movies haven't necessarily been the huge draws when he's yeah. by himself. So. If it's like the goofiest action movie, that's gonna be amazing. Like he has like the terrible lines, but he's selling the terrible lines. That'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah. if it's more Arnold Conan than um, Carl Drogo Conan. Is, it, is everyone in agreement then that How to Train Your Dragon is likely to be the best reviewed? I can't see is it. Not can, I can't. I can't see. I don't know what other movie could get better reviews than How to Train Your Dragon. That's my thought. Yeah. On that. I'm looking at all these. I mean, if yeah. like. Dead Fast could be pretty well reviewed, but I don't know about like I think like like on a tomato meter rating, it might be like a ninety eight for How to Train Your Dragon two. I hope. Mark, were you going to say well, something? Well, I I actually I have a it's I I would I'm going to side with the the consensus that How to Train Your Dragon will be the best reviewed film, but I'm I have quite a bit of confidence in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I think that this is going to be a well liked film, but. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's an animated film, so there's sort of a built-in like, you just want to like it. So yeah, no, I, I side with it. What everybody's saying, but yeah, I, I have quite a bit of confidence in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which is why I didn't pick it as my biggest disappointment because I really don't expect to be disappointed in that one. Right, that's kind of my thought process. I mean, it needs to be. I mean, it's splitting hairs at this, but yeah, it's. So last question. This one's from Graham. Um, can't miss of the summer. One for the parents with a two-year-old, and one for parents with without that two-year-old. Mm. So I think How to Train Your Dragon seems like the obvious. Yeah, uh, with a two-year-old. Pick there. And it could well, be also the one without the two-year-old. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. But I, don't, I mean, but yeah, in terms of kind of general entertainment for like parents' night out away from the kid that will be entertaining without being overbearingly depressing or whatnot. Um, We're talking about like an adult film, like possibly rated R. I, I get, yeah, I guess something that skews for, for, for an audience that's you know t- taking a night off from the kids and wants to just go see a fun movie at the theater. I'm gonna go with Neighbors. I like Good that pick. choice. I'm looking at it, I mean, yeah, na- Neighbors. Um... You well, you have Tammy higher, Aaron. Yeah, I do. I just, it's just it's all it's right, based right. on personal. Be... It, it's 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 more because I just I'm not a huge fan of Melissa McCarthy. It seems. It, so. <laughs> you didn't love the heat. Nope. <laughs> I, <laughs> I really I, did. I, I'm, I, I'm one of the I'm one of the seven people that wasn't a big fan of the I heat. I know. I, no, I know you didn't. Like, there's identity theft or thief. Oh identity. yeah, that was. I didn't even bother watching that one. Abe, do you have a? Yeah, I'm thinking. Well, you know, I'm thinking like more some more independent films. Um, but I'm also thinking of in terms of the blockbusters. If it was one, I guess if you didn't want 
want to take your two-year-old to go see X-Men Days of Future Past, and that could possibly work out. But otherwise, yeah, if you want a quiet night out and you want to watch a serious movie, I, I would say, like, what uh, Maxwell had mentioned, Boyhood, and uh, maybe even Zach Braff's new movie, and or even Fault of Our Stars, you know, something like that. Like Jersey, Jersey Boys. Jersey Boys, good yeah. Movie. How about Clint Eastwood? I, I, I really like that trailer. I do, too. I like we haven't talked about it yet on the show, but I like it. Yeah, I, um, and I haven't been huge on Eastwood for the past couple of years, so it'd be great to see him kind of make a very enjoyable film for you to watch. As opposed to Jagger. Moving on, um, let's, uh, what do we have next? Let's, uh, I think that what else? we're just talking about next week. We got next week, yeah, next week's show. Um, actually, not yet. No, we still got, um, hold on, where is it? Out now presents what's out now. What's out now? These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray and DVD this week. A great collection here. Here we go. <laughs> Legend of Hercules. We just mentioned this. Comes out this week. Um, wonderful, right? No one saw that movie, so it doesn't matter. Uh, Labor Day. Uh, <laughs> pass. Uh, not, no. Yeah. No, Unless you want to learn how to make, you know, chili. Pies. Yeah. yeah. Pies or chili with coffee. How to how to feed your kidnappee? I think that's the subtitle. <laughs> Talk about food porn. That was yeah. There you that go. pie scene. <laughs> I had and, to look uh, away. I was yeah. embarrassed. And then there's uh, Devil's Do with Matt Saracen. From Friday oh, Highlights. Seven. There you go. Thanks, Seven. Yeah. Um, not a strong, not a strong release date for Blu-rays uh, <laughs> DVDs this week. Really? But yeah, let's move on. Let, let's get to next week's show, which we is going to be about the Amazing Spider-Man Part Two. Uh, Spy- Amazing Spider-Man Two. It's next week. Uh, what the, does anyone know what the first one made offhand? Since you've been doing so much more research than I have, apparently. Yeah, the Amazing Spider-Man made two hundred and sixty-two. Or oh, not opening weekend. Opening weekend. Definitely... Opening weekend made sixty-two million. I just found it. Yeah. And that was on a July 4th weekend. Wednesday. Yes, it did open on a Wednesday, correct. Oh, so yeah, there's a lot to take into consideration there. So yeah, it's a little a little rough. Um, uh, with that said, I mean, the first Spider-Man movie broke records at the time with like an over $100 million debut. Uh, Spider-Man 2 opened on a Wednesday as well, I believe. And I can't remember what 3 did. But regardless, with Spider-Man 2's opening up, big movie. What do we think it's going to do opening weekend? Mark Hoban, your thoughts? Uh, oh gosh, so I haven't even thought about this. Um, let's see. The original did 60? 62? 62 on a, on a, on a Wednesday. Yeah. Right. Um, oh gosh. I'll, I, I, a hundred million. All right. I like that. Maxwell? Yeah, I'm I'd say like 110, and if Captain America 2 can open with 95 million... I just feel like Spider-Man 2 has got to do a little better, so I'll go in at 110. $97 million. A little bit $97 million. Way to give yourself that window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh... Spider-Man, man. Yeah, he's your boy. He's my boy, right? I'll say I'll, I'll go 20 over Abe, and I'll say 117. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. All right, so then, yeah, we'll see how that goes. And with that, that's going to bring us to the end of the uh, podcast this week. So, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out. This week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe, you can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodeazeek.com, where you can find all my written movie reviews, as well as at wisablue.com, where I'm currently covering the Newport Beach Film Festival. And follow me at Twitter, twitter.com slash Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose, hashtag Veep. Mark? Uh, you can find more of my work on my blog, fastfilmreviews.com, and I also have my Twitter, Mark underscore Hoban. And Maxwell. 
You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash cinemaxwell. You can see some of my work at cinemaxwell.com, and I also occasionally contribute to theyoungfolks.com. Great. And, of course, you can find all the other episodes of Out Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes and at Stitcher, as well as at hhwld.com. That is the podcast network that's happy to host our show, along with other shows, including the Walking Dead TV podcast, Longbox of Doom, the new podcast, 24, the Jack and Chloe Adventure cast, which is your oh, friend yeah. Maxwell and myself, <laughs> yes, talking about the upcoming new season of 24. Damn and, it! you know, other Exactly, yes. And other fun shows about <laughs> comics and games and fun stuff like that. You can also find our episodes over at outnow.podomatic.com as well as youtube.com slash outnowpodcast. And of course, email us outnowpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to, you know, play along at home with your summer movie, uh, our summer movie gamble, feel free to send in your thoughts on what's going to happen this summer. Also, you can post your suggestions uh, for the box office summer showdown over at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, or you can tweet at us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And lastly, outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. Follow us there. We post our episodes and pictures and GIFs and whatnot. GIF. And, GIFs. And uh, feel free to use 972-798-3830 to leave us a voicemail. Leave us your you know, audio thoughts on what you think is going to happen this summer, and you know, we'd be happy to play it on the show. So I think with all that said, it's been a nice, nice rounded summer discussion we've had here today. I'm looking forward to seeing how things go. Mark and Maxwell, thank you again for joining us this week. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure, and I fully expect to win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's cute. Mark, Mark, <laughs> how have you tricked me again? It is. It's it's right here. Let me just get it here. Yeah, it's, it <laughs> sounds pretty heavy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I really right, don't guys. want to give it up. <laughs> All right, that, that, that's, uh, that's been the podcast this week. So until next time, so long and goodbye. I'm a gonna raise a bus, I'm a gonna raise a holler. About a working all summer just to try to earn a dollar. Every time I call my baby, try to get a date. My boss says, No dice, son, you gotta work late. Sometimes I wonder what I'm a gonna do, but there ain't no cure for the summertime blues. Oh, well, my mom and papa told me, son, you gotta make some money. Now, if you wanna use the car to go a ride next Sunday. Oh, well, I didn't go to work, told the boss I was sick. You can't use a car cause you didn't work a leg Sometimes I wonder what I'm gonna do But there ain't no cure for the summertime blues I'm gonna take two weeks, gonna ever find vacation I'm gonna take my problem to the United Nations well, I called my congressman and he said, quote, I'd like to help you, son, but you're too young to vote. Sometimes I wonder what I'm going to do, but there ain't no cure for the summertime blues. Yeah, let's, let's, here's to hoping, so... impromptu oh i just <laughs> was that a toast yeah <laughs> here's to hoping toast to sentinels. <laughs> gifts 
and whatnot. Jeff. And of- yes. 